1: hey everyone this is david welcome back behind the velvet rope let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one the only from below deck one of the best bravo shows out there ej jansen
0: you better believe it baby coming straight from canada
1: so you're in canada okay
0: well it's covid lockdown time there david you know
1: it's not fun is it
0: Boats are just tied up to the dock. No one's leaving the docks. Caribbean's closed down. It's, what do you do?
1: Nothing. I mean, I, so you're just like, there's no work, right? Like there's no charters, there's no boats, there's nothing.
0: Well, there is boats and there is a few little private yachts, but I also run a company up in BC, Canada, which I do through the summer months. And in the winter months, I would go down to the Caribbean or Florida and charter on boats. But with the border being shut down, it's kind of, and everybody's like, don't go to Florida, dude. It's fucking, it's nuts down there, right? With, you know, the COVID and it's running rampant. So it's just kind of like, well, I guess we're going to batten down the hatches this winter, you know?
1: So you're, you're in BC, Canada. Yeah. And how is it, and how is it there? I mean, is there, like, I don't even know because I don't watch the news anymore. Like, is COVID out of control there, or is it pretty in control? I mean, which com- is a relative question.
0: It's basically uh, a lot less than anywhere in the states, I would say, at least the major cities. But I'm on an island, which is Victoria.
1: Okay, it's like
0: a, a big, big island on the west coast by Seattle, and we don't have barely anything. You know, like 40 cases going or something like that. But wow you know you go to the mainland which is like vancouver the big cities you got thousands and thousands so they're cutting off all transportation the ferries you know essential travel so it's kind of like you know i guess i'm dealing with snow
1: this winter you're not used to that are you well i'm in well, new york i'm in new york and that's not much better Oh, something. What the hell? I can hear you. Yeah, it just, it switched out of, okay, well, I'm getting off the headset. Um, you sound perfect. I mean, I'm in New York and that's not much better. We're just going to be trapped in, huh? Uh,
0: what's it like over there? It's like crazy what I see.
1: You know what? It's, it's, I think it's like the, no- the news makes it out to be worse than it is. But it's this weird in-between, like, we used to be open till we, were, we weren't open, then we were open until 11, now we're open until 10. So like everything closes at 10. I don't know, I, I think New York is going to shut down again for the winter. I mean, we're in the heart of the winter now, but I think it's coming.
0: You know, from what uh, I saw at the start of March, New York was the epicenter, right? They were yeah. just showing body and hauled out body bags and shit. And then it was kind of like, oh, summer's here. Everything's kind of getting better. But then we all knew the winter was going to come, winter being flu season. And it's like New York being the biggest, you know, most happening city in the world. You can only imagine that, you know, if there's any place that's going to have some influx of it, it's going to be New
1: York, right? Sorry,
0: David. Sorry, David.
1: Well, I mean, I could pick up and go somewhere else and hibernate, but I'm just one of those crazy New Yorkers who can't leave my house. Hey,
0: I heard there's a little opening, Montana, Calgary. You can come across the border, you know, we'll sneak you in, David. There's a mountainside somewhere with a hot spring.
1: That sounds really nice right about now. Well, what about you? Are you like, you must be missing the Caribbean and Florida? Like, are you missing the yachting life?
0: I'm actually going into like a little bit of uh, like a shell shock. Like, it just, It seems weird, you know, it just seems weird to not be doing something, to not have some sort of adventure going on or some, you know, wild experience or going to see my, my buddies and friends in Florida and being on these big boats. Like, mind you, there's quite a few boats where I live here. It's just not the same lifestyle, like the Caribbean, the Florida lifestyle, right? So it just, it's just odd.
1: Are you from Canada originally?
0: Born and raised,
1: Canadians are very nice people. I have found.
0: Well, we we try to be right. You know, <laughs> just just do the right thing. Is that
1: so hard? Sometimes, yes. It is actually. <laughs> how'd you, you know, get in, I, How'd you get into yachting? Like, did you always want to be in yachting when you were growing up? Well, um, pretty
0: much. I was about thirteen, and I. Was listening to my grandfather's stories about travel in the world, and I said because he sailed the world seventeen times on different boats, wow. merchant ships, the navy, and stuff like that. And so I said, "Damn, I want to do it on a, a sailboat." You know, so I started looking into okay, what are the courses I need? What is what is some of the the skills you need to be able to do this? And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there and I see Jay Z's video, Big Pimpin', where he's cruising on this big super yacht and I don't know where he was, Trinidad or something. I was like, that's my calling. How do I do that? So then I got laid off my job. It was mother winter, minus 20 degrees. And uh, I started looking up online. Okay, go to Florida. That's where you're going to get the credentials and stuff to start working on these boats. So I literally, on a whim, sold my Jeep sold all my pool tables sold my couches sold everything within a month and just put it all into a suitcase and left to florida
1: so are you saying it was jay-z's big pimping video that got you into yachting Uh,
0: jay-z had a slight little minuscule part he like kind of like put the cherry on top and was like yeah here's the keys now get in and go down there
1: all roads lead back to beyonce and jay-z
0: Pretty much, right? I haven't, I haven't had them on the yacht yet, though, so maybe with this conversation, David, you know, maybe we'll stimulate Jay-Z to charter a yacht and have me on
1: it. I might will it into, like, existence for you.
0: Well, come on. You are in New York, right? Jay-Z's, like, at your doorstep. That,
1: this is true. So, like, were you, did you have, a, like, a lot of, like, real-world working experience, like, in yachting before you even thought of Below Deck? like, did you have a lot of years behind you?
0: Yeah. So like I got into yachting as just a 21 year old Canadian with no real clue of how to be a yachty, And then I was struggling, you know, I was trying to find work and I was getting odd jobs here. And I was traveling two hours on a train to go to West Palm beach to work for four hours. And then two hours back, well, that boat happened to be Captain Lee's boat before he even got on the show. And so I was walking the docks one day, didn't have any, you know, I got let go from this one job. So I said, Oh, I'm just going to walk the docks, see who I meet. And I meet Captain Lee, but he wasn't Captain Lee Bravo TV star yet. He was just Captain Lee, same Captain Lee. And so he says, Oh, Canadians, they're hard workers, you know? So he had me on and sure enough, I was working my ass off. and then. One day, who was one of my best friends, Tony, he was the mate on the boat. He calls me out and he says, like, well, we can't pay you today, but you can come. We'll give you some beers and you can come hang out and do a little bit of work. And I said, sure. Like, I did anything I could do to get in, right? And so all of a sudden, Captain Lee looks over. He goes, you're working for free? I was like, yeah, man. Like, I just want to get in this thing. I don't care how I got to do it. Like, whatever. Get me some experience under my belt. And Captain Lee's like, let me call up my my boy JT, and then all of a sudden I got a bosun's job on a 150, and I did a full year on that as of Captain Lee's recommendation. You know, I put I put in the time, I worked. We we did New York. I didn't see you there though, David.
1: No, you did not.
0: We we were in the Hamptons, David. So I don't know if you, you know, shit gets a little wild in the Hamptons.
1: Oh. I love the, it's, did you love the Hamptons?
0: Oh, I love the Hamptons. Are you kidding me? Southampton, Montauk.
1: The Hamptons we were... is like, see, I, I don't like to live in the real world. I like to just pretend and, you know, that there's nothing going on. The Hamptons, you just are like, the world is a beautiful place. Like, we're just forgetting all of our troubles.
0: Well, you know, I wish it was the same for me. I was still grinding, obviously, working, but got a little taste of it and Sag Harbor and all that. It was, it was pretty fun. And then Lee got offered the job on below deck. And then, so we're all like, what Lee's going to be this like TV star. And then I see Lee at the show. Cause I know Lee's son really well. Well, his son's like, we need some help back on sovereign, which was the yacht he was on. And uh, Lee just finished up his six weeks first season And so he's back on Sovereign. So now I'm with Lee again and they got me on as crew now. So I'm crew on Sovereign and uh, Lee's just like, the producer's like going to show up here. Like, why don't you go and say hi? And so I went and said hi and, you know, I applied. They, They took me in and we did the whole like pickup interview. You know, we did the whole thing, green screen. And then... A, kind of six months passed. They got me in for another little like psych eval, and then a year passed, and all of a sudden I get a call like, "Lee needs you. Like this, sh- you know, the boat's fucking got a hole in the hull. Like these guys don't know their fucking knots. They don't know how to dry the fucking tenders. They don't know how to do nothing. We need you out there like ASAP." Well, it just turned out I was working on another yacht and I just got my three week vacation 24 hours prior. And they only needed me for three weeks to finish out the season. So I went and did below deck,
1: right? So Lee got it. So was there like a big gap in that? So it was like, cause he got it first season. Then you came like in season five. Yeah. Right. Right. So, like, you knew Lee for, like, a bunch of years before you were actually on the show.
0: Probably two years prior before he was even on the show.
1: Wow. Interesting. Because, you know, most people I speak to got cast, you know, just off Facebook, blah, blah, blah. You really got cast by Captain Lee.
0: In a sense. I I put the the work in motion. I went and did all the interviews and stuff. But Lee stimulated it. He didn't really have you know, it's a weird scenario, the hiring process in Bravo, right? Like they're, they really analyze who they're putting on and they make it all make sense, you know? So it kind of made sense because I'm close with Lee. Like I know his, his son who recently passed away, like I was right. really good buddies with him. I'd always stay at his house when I, whenever I had free time in Lauderdale. And like, I know, I know the whole family, you know, Thanksgiving dinners, American style. I'm there, you know? And so uh, it's, a, it's just a close-knit community, the yachting, anyways. Like, you just you go to these parties and you know everybody. But Lee, I, I knew because before, right? So it just kind of uh, it made sense for the show to have somebody that he trusts to have on the boat, right? Because I did quite a few years with him going to the Bahamas and doing Fort Lauderdale cruises and whatnot, right?
1: So yeah. it just,
0: uh, it just made sense for the show to have this guy who's kind of like the goody good Canadian come in and, you know, stir the pot
1: a little bit, I guess. Did you watch the show like for all those seasons that, I mean, cause you knew Captain Lee, like, did you watch the show before you were on it? All these seasons that he was on it?
0: Unfortunately, I only watched the first season and I'm actually really good buddies. Well, pretty good buddies with Ben. So, like, I, I partied with Ben quite a bit, even before the show. So, uh, you know, I watched it just for sh- for shits and giggles. And then, uh, you know, it was like a couple seasons passed, and I was like, ah, it's, it's cool, but I, don't, I just don't watch a lot of TV, to be honest. And so they called me, and I had 24 hours to get on the show, so I couldn't, like, cram in seasons. I literally went on the show blind which was probably my downfall in a lot of ways because I just wasn't prepared for probably what they wanted. But hey, the camera doesn't lie, like Lee says, right? You can pretend to be someone you're not, but the the world's going to see it, you know?
1: Well, I was going to say in a way that's probably better that you didn't watch it because you were just authentically yourself. You didn't have an angle of like, let me try to be an asshole. Let me try to be nice. You just really almost didn't know what to expect.
0: I I really, I really did especially with Mr. Frick and Nico Frico. You
1: You had, you had an interesting season.
0: Well, uh, hey, apparently from what uh, Nico said, our little fight scene was the most views of the whole season. So, hey, you know, must have did something right.
1: And I take it, I mean, you're not paid much to be on this show.
0: Well, not bad.
1: Not bad, you know, for what
0: it was, right? You're getting those tips and then you're getting more than the average salary. I was only on it for three weeks. Right. And uh, you also got to remember that every American dollar is actually 1.25 Canadian. So, That's true.
1: you know, when I come back, it's like, boom, you got an extra 25 cents on that. Did you have any reservations about doing it? Like, did any part of you say like, I don't want to do this or no, it wasn't even a not
0: not really uh hesitations for doing the show it was mostly just am i ready for such a task right like i just finished six months of steady work i was like aching for this three-week holiday you know like i was picturing beaches and margaritas and beautiful women and chilling and having a good time and then all of a sudden it's like you know yachting on steroids like You know, below deck is like doing twice the work of regular yachting because it's you're hauling film crew back and forth on the tenders three times a day. You're having to do your regular work duties whilst being on this show, right? And dealing with all the drama and oh, go talk to him and do this. You know, it's it's a lot of work,
1: and real charters are not three days.
0: Yeah, well, it depends. You can get some that just charter, like a small charter, right? It mo, the typical charter is seven days. Some will go a month. Y'all good there, David? Yeah. Okay. This your sound quality just went like boom. It just like oh, blew really? my ears off.
1: Oh really? Um, Listen, the joys of doing a Zoom call, right?
0: You think they'd have it figured out by now, right?
1: I can't. But you know what the whole world is on them. So like you look at like what goes on on actual TV, it's just it's just the same. But so I mean is below deck in a sense harder than like a real charter because it's like super in and it's 3 days or is it easier in a sense? I would
0: say it's probably 1.5 times as hard. Really? Like it it really is because for one, most of the crew don't know their ass from their elbows. So you're picking up all the slack. The stews aren't serving drinks. Like these guys are paying 50 to 60,000 for 2 days and they're not getting drinks. You know, like they're just like they're losing their shit and that reflects the tip that we all get, right? Yeah. And you know, Captain Lee looks at the tip like, you know, how well we all did. And you know, I want to make sure that we're looking good. And then So it's like, people don't know what the fuck they're doing. People are getting hurt. Uh, You know, you got cameras everywhere. And you're always wondering like how you're going to look six months down the road when this shit gets put out, right? You don't know, is it, you know, you're going to look like a complete douchebag. Are you going to look like the good guy? And so every time you step out of that cabin, you're kind of like games on, you know, like you got to be ready for whatever's going to
1: happen. So it's just a little different. It's, it's a lot more pressure. How did you feel you look like when it was aired? Were you happy, upset? Just what, it, just what you expected?
0: Uh, let's just say there was a lot of cool things that I did. Like, you know, dance nights with Baker and stuff that happened that just didn't get shown. So I was a little disappointed that some of like what I thought were the highlights in my eyes weren't even close to being shown. So that kind of sucked, but, you know, I think they could have made me look a lot worse. Um, You know, I think they just, they did what they could with the footage they got, you know, with like, you know, they replayed this anchor scene where it makes me look like, I don't know what I'm doing with the anchor, which was all something that was stimulated by Nico. You know, he, he held the brake on purposely. So that would happen, but they kept replaying. And I was like, that that wasn't me. You know, I didn't do that. So there's stuff like that, that'll kind of grind your gears. And then it's like the other side of what other people are thinking about you. Cause you know, when you're dealing with just me and David, you can think, you know, I have my thoughts, you have your thoughts, but when you can actually hear what they're thinking now, it's like, Oh shit. Didn't realize she was feeling that way or whatever. Right.
1: Right did it bring you closer to captain Lee or divide a wedge between like, you know what I mean? How did it affect your relationship with captain Lee?
0: I think I did what he wanted me to do. Right. That was the biggest thing about coming on the show is not being an idiot, not being a douchebag, and, you know, coming in as captain Lee's boy to get shit done. Right. So that's what I was paid to do regardless of the show. So I think he was happy that I didn't, you know, end up fucking punching Nico out because obviously that wouldn't have been good for anybody and then you know obviously getting too flingy with anyone wouldn't have been too good either so all those things were on my mind because you never know how that's gonna look later on and i think i got a little too much in my head for that but uh no me and lee are we're boys you know every time i go to florida driving around in his lexus freaking 90 miles an hour the guy's got a heavy foot and uh but you know it's funny that all those cast none of them really talk like none of the cast from that season besides Kate and Lee really carried on to the next any season after that right so but it's just funny that the camaraderie that we had just kind of fizzled out no one really talked to each other you know Lee chat with him obviously but um none of the other people really are doing much so
1: yeah, everyone just kind of went their own ways.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of a shame really because you'd think something big like that you'd bring each other together, right? But
1: you would think so. What about Kate? Like did you feel welcome by Kate? Did you feel not welcome by Kate?
0: Uh Kate, I met Kate before with Ben, but she didn't remember it because she was a little well, drunk. Yeah. Uh, she was definitely drunk and uh she she's a great girl to be honest like at first i could see you know the resting bitch face and all the stuff that everyone talks about with kate but then i started to realize how cool kate really is like she's actually just like a badass and uh she's actually really freaking hilarious and a really cool person i did a podcast with her as well and uh god she's she's just a cool girl like, in the end of the day, and she's put in her time, that's for sure. Um, You know, I think uh, the show is kind of, like, when you're there, a normal chief stew would probably be a little more strict and a little more deep into the work. (laughs) But, you know, the show has kind of made her this celebrity, so she's probably not as uh, in grind mode as you'd normally be, I could say which was kind of like, oh, okay, Kate gets this special treatment kind of thing. But um, other than that, like uh, me me and Kate chatted for a bit. I just haven't reached out to her. I should actually.
1: Like you found she was more almost like a TV personality by the time you came on in season five than an actual stew anymore.
0: Oh, 100%. Like she was
1: totally soaking
0: up the friggin' celebrity status. And, uh, you know, like, she she got this, like, none of us could leave the boat, but she was allowed to leave the boat kind of thing. Really? So, she got a bit of a little bit of a a celebrity special treatment, so to speak. You know, and that was probably in the terms, right? She's allowed to go off on the dock and do something or whatever, right? And did she do...
1: Well, I was going to say, like, did you do less work than like, you know, the average chiefs do? Like if if you were really on a charter outside of the TV. Hey guys, you know, I've been working really hard bringing you behind the velvet rope five days a week. And there is nothing like that Friday feeling that I have. I wait for Fridays knowing I can just relax and I can sleep and I can catch up with friends and I can have a great glass of wine. Well, I no longer have to wait for Friday for that once a week Friday feeling to kick in because of First Leaf. It's award winning wine from First Leaf. With that, any day can feel like a Friday. It's a wine club that sends you personalized selections of wine from top vineyards around the world. The wine comes directly to you. You literally go on tryfirstleaf.com and you fill out a really fun quiz. It doesn't just ask you what types of wine you like and dislike. Do you prefer reds? Do you prefer whites? It asks you what your palate is like. Do you like almonds? Do you like cheese? Do you like olives? It literally asks you all about your preferences. And based on their very unique algorithm, then six bottles are hand-picked for you by the experts, and the wine comes to your house, literally. What is better than getting six bottles of wine in the mail. And what I love is it's a monthly program, but it's very simple. So if you drink really fast like me and you need to renew quicker, you can adjust and shorten the time and have the wine delivered quicker. But if you need to take a pause and you drink slower, you're going somewhere perhaps, you can pause and then come back to it. The bottles come right to your front door. You don't have to go to any grocery store or wine store. The quiz is so fun. Out of the six bottles that I just got, the Rancho Campo 2019 Malbec, is amazing. It's my favorite. And literally, if you don't like the wine, there is a money back guarantee, but it's based on your preferences and the quiz you fill out. So chances are you're going to get wine that you actually want to drink. So what are you waiting for? You can get that Friday feeling like I do every single day with first Leaf. Join today and you'll get six bottles of wine for $29.95 and free shipping. Let me just repeat that. $29.95 and free shipping for six bottles. Guys, that's crazy. So go to tryfirstleaf.com slash velvetrope. Tryfirstleaf.com slash velvetrope. And it's First Leaf. That's six bottles for twenty nine ninety five, free shipping. You're not going to do better. And DM me and thank me and let me know what your selections are and how you're enjoying your wine.
0: Well. I would say that uh, absolutely, because the normal chiefs do is like, you know, the girls would be serving the drinks at the right time, you know, like that shit would never fly, you know, and that's mostly because they weren't being supervised, you know what I'm saying? But uh, I do understand the pressures. Like, we're not just on a yacht doing a charter we're on a TV show, right? So she's going through a whole other slew of things that I probably don't even know she has to do. Right. So I can't really judge so much, but yeah, I'd say she probably was taking it pretty slack a little bit for sure.
1: Was captain Lee different than you knew outside of the show? Were you like, who is this guy? No, captain Lee is a
0: badass as well. Like, he, he blew me away because, like, Captain Lee, he's always been this one-liner, hilarious guy, but on in this scenario, he just knew exactly when to show up and exactly what to say. That was just, like, it just kind of had me floored, like, how the hell did he know to say that there? Like, he's freaking hilarious. And uh, I, I think it was the same as always, me and Lee, pretty much, you know, like, uh, he was happy to see me. He was the same kind of hardworking guy. Lee hasn't changed all that much, you know? Like he he obviously is soaking up a little bit of the fame and enjoying it. And he's a celebrity, but he uh
1: he's still Captain Lee. You don't think the celebrity has gone to his head as far as you can see? Nothing like that. Or has it? Cause I mean, you can't blame him for having it go to his head or it's, he, you don't think the celebrity has gone to his head.
0: You know, he always said this thing, like whatever you do, don't drink the Kool-Aid. You've heard this term, right? Yeah. And you know, I, I think he's probably sipped a little bit of it, but he hasn't fully taken a big swig yet. And, uh, of course right like he's in how many seasons seven right so you know you can't blame the guy he, he can't even go to Publix and get groceries properly without people like oh I want a photo with him you know I experienced a small little snippet of that and when right. I'm in Florida I, I seem to experience it more but I can't even imagine you know like he we go we go to any restaurant it's like everybody knows
1: How is Captain Lee doing? Because I know, like you said, you were friends with his son. I I know his son passed.
0: Yeah, so uh, let's just say Josh lived two blocks from Lee, right? So he was always at the house. Captain Lee's wife was always, you know, coming by, dropping off cookies. And like me me and Josh were just buddies, like to the next level. I'd have him working on some of the yachts, doing some help with us. Josh was like the jack of all trades on the boats. Um, But, you know, he, he had, he had his demons, you know, he had his demons, unfortunately. And uh, he didn't air the demons to everybody. So I got to see a little bit of his demon side and I knew it wasn't going to go good, but I thought he was done with it, you know? And so uh, when I heard he passed, it was just like, Whoa, like What? Like it actually happened, you know, and uh, and basically, yeah. Kat, Lee, Josh was Lee's like favorite son, I would say. You know, don't tell the other sons that. But uh, he, 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 they have, you know, they're absolutely broken, you know, over it. Right, like they got a little shrine of Josh in their house, and I was over there a while back and you know, it was all tears and crying and you know, like it's 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 not just like your dog died, like this is this is something very, very serious and he was a very close son to them from him being so close and he was a yachty and he was kind of following in the dad's footsteps in a lot of ways and he looks a lot like Lee. So it's just like and Mary Ann, his wife was very, very upset, you know, she as you'd understand, right? It's your son, you know, and it's not like he died falling off the boat. He died in not the the nicest way, right? So,
1: it, uh, and they have like a room to the son in the house.
0: They do, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, but... you you see him on this show this season, like him. Mean, he's doing his job, and it's just it's got to be the hardest thing. I mean, I don't have children. I don't necessarily want children but that's got to be the hardest thing in the world to to deal with
0: yeah i i can't even imagine you know your your son dying before you you mm-hmm. know like that's got to be one of the toughest things um i think some time has passed and you know i i even said to him like all wo- wounds will heal you know with time and he he told me that was bullshit you know he's like just leaves a big gaping hole there and uh you know i thought you know hopefully give it some time and maybe it won't be as fresh of a wound for him but it's you know to him it's a gaping hole that will never be full again you know and so he can smile and nod and make you feel like you know he's doing his job but deep down inside you know he's carrying that pain with him around right yeah
1: now, speaking of your season and people who don't talk anymore, I imagine right afterwards, there was no love loss between you and Nico.
0: Well, I partied with Nico a little bit and, uh, you know, he's just a weird guy. Like he's just, I think everybody kind of thinks he's a little weird and, uh, it just, I don't think the show he was lying about who he is. Like that's actually who Nico is on the show. And so you're getting him in the full, rough, raw, real Nico. And so when the show ended, I kind of hung around with him in New York. And he was just, he was just a nicer version of Nico. And so I just knew that that kind of personality, me and him were never going to really mesh. Unfortunately, maybe in the future, maybe he might, you know, get a little more mature or, you know, grow some balls or something like that. I don't know, but, it it never really, we never, we never met, unfortunately, which you'd think, you know, Hey, we did this show together, buddy.
1: Like, why why don't we, you know, come together,
0: but never really happened. Right.
1: Did you feel like when you were filming the show, like you said, like, do were you, did the cameras just go away for you? Or you were always cognizant of the cameras?
0: You know, it's like the first day to the third day to about the third day you're you're always looking at these cameras looking at you right you're always kind of worried but then you know fourth fifth day
1: It's that time of year again, my favorite time of year. Holiday shopping season is back, and normally that means one thing, drawing a blank on what to buy for the men in my life, but not this year. This year, I've got it all figured out, and you can too. Head on over to DukeCannon.com. That's right, DukeCannon.com. They have holiday-themed grooming gifts like Frothy the Beer Man gift set or the Beer That Stole Christmas gift set. Now, the Frothy the Beer Man gift set and the Beer That Stole Christmas gift set, they're both $20. That's right, $20. And they're really fun. So the Frothy the Beer Man gift set, you get three huge bars of soap. They're 10 ounces each. Two of them are the Big Ass Beer Soap and one is the Big American Bourbon Soap. And that's right. They're infused with an adult treat, booze, the beer soaps, you guessed it, are infused with beer and the bourbon soap is infused with bourbon, but they do not smell like alcohol. So if you're worrying, wait, I'm going to shower and smell like alcohol. No, no, they, they're they're just woodsy, They're like sandalwood oak barrel is the bourbon smells like oak barrel and they're very masculine scents. And these bars of soap are huge and they're really fun. Like the way it's packaged is really, really fun. And don't take my word for it. Go to dukecanon.com and see for yourself. The beard that stole Christmas gift set is also $20. You get two amazing different smelling beard oils and you get a beard wash. It it literally... tamed my beard. My beard has never felt so good. And it will do this for the man in your life as well. And it smells of cedar and they're just a very good masculine scent. So these are just two examples. Head on over to DukeCannon.com. And seriously, don't take my word for it. These are packaged so fun. Um, These are just two examples. They're unexpected. They're useful for any guy and right now because you're listening to this podcast enter promo code velvet rope and you get 10% off your next order you also get free shipping with orders over $30 so if you get both of these at $40 you already got your free shipping so it's free shipping with orders over $30 and enter velvet rope that's duke cannon enter velvet rope and you get 10% off your next order And if you want to buy them in person, they're available at some of your local targets. Guys, this is perfect, masculine, fun for the man in your life. I use it. I love it. DukeCannon.com.
0: It almost just becomes second nature. Like you're not really worried about them. You're not as on edge, as anxiety filled. You're just kind of like going about it. Seems normal. By day 15, it's like, oh, what is this? Like, this is nothing. So you kind of get used to it. By the first day or two, it's definitely like, whoa, like this is real. <laughs> Holy shit. This guy's following me right into the bathroom.
1: You know what I mean? Did you ever feel pressure by the producers to like create drama or like kind of play it up or they just really let you be, let you be?
0: It's half and a half. Like the producers will come up to you and be like, hey, you know, you got to go over there and. Let him know how you feel. You know, they don't put words in your mouth. Or if something happens and the camera crew isn't there, as shit happens, right? You almost have to reenact it. And that's the worst part, like, when you have to reenact the scene, because it's not as authentic, obviously, the second time. But, uh, yeah, no, it, it, most of the time it's all real. But you know you're on the show for drama, right? So you know this is what they want.
1: Yes. I mean, that must have been strange, though, to like reenact something. You know, like you're not used to that. Like, you're like, what? We're reenacting a scene? Like, that must have been somewhat strange.
0: It was the first few times, but you just, you know, you look over at Lee and you just watch him doing it. And then it's like, oh, shit. Well, look at Lee. Just kind of following his footsteps, right? And just try to make it as authentic as possible. And, you know, thinking back or looking back, most of those reenacted scenes they didn't even use anyways so but they have to You you gotta do it right i think people just don't understand how much work is really involved like you know you're coming in on the tender and then you have to go back with the tender and come in without the camera crew on the tender on the same line and dock the same exact way just to get on the fucking boat you know like just to get onto the boat it's it's a whole 20-minute procedure. You know what I'm saying? So, like, everything you do is almost a double take in a lot of ways.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, below deck, just from speaking to a lot of people who have been on it, I mean, it has to be, A, one of the most expensive, and B, one of the most difficult Bravo shows to make, I would think. I mean, oh. just because of its real life, you're at sea, like, you have to charter – a whole nother boat for like all the crew. Like there's just a lot going on.
0: Yeah. Well just think about the cost of the boat alone, the yacht. Yeah. You know, 150,000 a week typically for a yacht that size and it's six to eight weeks. So you can imagine just there, you got a mil and a half just in charter cost. Then all the crew costs, then all the film crew, there was like 70 film crew, right then you got to charter this other boat so the cost alone is astronomical then production side of it that's another 6 months like that's god knows what the cost goes into there right and then the the, the good thing is is the charter guests are paying a lofty amount to be on the boat so that must offset a little bit of the cost
1: but right cuz that goes to bravo who's already like- paid the
0: owner yeah Basically helps pay for the charter, right? Probably not even a third of it, though, I imagine. And then, you know, you're on a super yacht. So it's like everything you touch is fucking expensive, right? So you're dealing with caviars and, you know, fancy champagnes. You can't really fake that stuff, right?
1: Right. well, I mean, the good news is it's one of the highest rated shows on Bravo. Like, what do you think is the big appeal? Like, Why is this show so highly rated compared to all the Housewives, all the other shows on Bravo? What do you think it is, having been on it?
0: I think this show is what it is because people in middle America, middle in Europe, middle of wherever, who are locked away from the sea and this kind of lifestyle can now for once in their life feel like, hey, I'm on board one of these beautiful ships. Like before, all they could see was a Jay-Z video. You know what I mean? And think like, yeah, this is what's what it's like. But now they can kind of step foot inside it. They can see what the interior looks like. They can see what the toys are on it and the lifestyle behind it. So it's kind of like your little sneaky insider view of the rich and famous. You know what right. I mean? So. Where else? Why, why wouldn't that be cool, right? Why wouldn't you want to see? And it kind of takes you away. Like, if you're living in a humdrum, gray, landlocked area, and all of a sudden, now you're looking at bright, fluorescent, turquoise water. Like, damn, that's an escape. You know what I mean? Right. And then throw in some sex and, uh, you know, some debauchery. And it's like, whoa, I want to watch more.
1: Well, and they do pretty much only hire pretty people.
0: Well, it seem, seems to be, you know, you, you kind of have to meet the grades somewhere. You're not going to be, uh, you know, some fat, ugly guy typically getting on something like this. Nothing gets fat, ugly guys, but uh, it's just, you know, you have to, and it, it's the industry as a whole, like right. yachting in general, like you don't see too many big deckhands. You know what I mean? They're all pretty fit, skinny, nimble guys that can scale a boat. You don't see too many, uh, you know, stewardesses that are, we'll say, you know, free beyond the right. low deck. But then throw TV into it, right? Now you Now you really have to keep up with appearances. But, yeah, it's like, it's the industry. These guys who are owning these boats – They want good looking people.
1: And that's how it works. Like if you're a billionaire or a millionaire and you own the boat, you will literally say, I want my staff to be a, B and C.
0: Yeah. I want all Filipino girls that are five foot three with long hair. I want all blondes to be in the service department, you know, I want all my deckhands to be strong Canadians, strapping Canadians.
1: Right, they get that specific and it's their boat so they can demand whatever they want.
0: And then, the, well, then the captain kind of goes like, hey, look, like shit needs to still get done. We could hire the bubbly blonde that doesn't know a damn thing and is cute or we can hire, you know, the one that's maybe not as cute but she's going to get shit done. So there is a a, comp, a compromise there. But in general, you know, you got to be good looking. They don't want a lot of tattoos. Like when I first joined yachting, no tattoos like if you had tattoos like you were pretty much put into the bottom of the list uh at least exposed tattoos piercings they don't want to see facial hair like you know you you got to be going up there molded into this yachty look and uh and that's the hard part for a lot of people because a lot of people came from god knows what background right where they have not the look so
1: Wow, so no tattoos or anything?
0: Don't don't get me wrong, there's some boats that have tattoos, but like when I first joined, like if you didn't smoke and you had no tattoos, you were put in a separate pile, you know? And people were drawn from that pile more than the other pile. Like, and
1: do owners like go to a service where they like literally look through pictures? I mean, is it that?
0: Well, you know, they don't got a lot of time. These guys, you know, they're coming there for a vacation, so they're relying on the captains and the stewardesses to come up with this stuff. But this is another reason why I I formed this online school ten years ago, eight years ago, before I got on the show, before Lee even got on the show. I started on this online training called Yacht University, and it was because. Coming from Canada, I had to go through God knows what kind of loops to get in. Like I didn't know the look. I didn't know, you know, the, that I had to wear a white polo and khaki pants. I didn't know what crew agents were. I didn't know that Fort Lauderdale was the capital. I didn't know how to network in these networking parties. So it was why I, I devised this yacht university, which kind of shows people, a one where they got to go you know where they're going to be successful at finding this and two like what the look is and what the terminology and the lingo and who they have to become to be able to be accepted on these boats because you can't just rock up you know some guy that just you know in a black hoodie with uh, long shredded bottom jeans and just hope that you're going to get on one of these fancy super yachts as a crew. It just ain't going to work. Like you have to mesh into this person and it's a very uh, technical job in a lot of ways too. Right. So it, uh, I just found that there was nothing out there that really got people ready for what they were having to actually do. Or if they thought this was kind of a fun job, And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, that's like fucking a lot of work. And I don't know if I'm ready to like cut off the stash and cut the hair and do do what needs to be done to get this kind of job. So I just wanted, I made this schooling, online schooling to just be more realistic for people too, right?
1: What about like, you know, the Me Too movement, like these other industries? I mean, okay, Hollywood maybe is separate, but you know, there's a lot of industries you can't say. I don't want that person because they're overweight or whatnot. I mean, is the yachting industry behind the times?
0: I think the yachting industry is on a complete separate agenda. Like you can do whatever you want in the real world. This is on the high seas. None of these boats are owned by uh, any, usually any American company. They're all offshore companies like Cayman Islands, you know. Uh, the Isle of Man, there's a whole bunch of them. And when you are registered into one of these, you can now hire foreign crew, you can now have different work hours, you can now have different payment structures, you can basically make your own law in a lot of ways, right? So it's not the same as you might be thinking in North America, they can run it however the hell they want.
1: Right. And there are people with a ton of money. So I mean, no one's they're going to do what they want.
0: You know, if, if
1: you're not going to fit the bill, they're going to find someone that
0: is, you know, and there's enough people that are willing to take the haircut and do what it takes to get the job. You know, there's a lot of people. So
1: what about like in the real world, like what is the reputation of below deck in like the real yachting industry?
0: Well, the reputation of Below Deck when you go down to Fort Lauderdale with all the crew is that it's career suicide. Like, Basically, that's the term I've heard so many times is that once you get on this show, you're going to be looked at as some degenerate who, who is just like a party animal or maybe just like a, God knows how they might show you and then no boat's going to want to hire you. But in all the cases of the people that I actually like from the show who are actually stand-up people, Logan, Logan Reese, uh, you know, Ben, Kate, Captain Lee, handful of others that actually came to do the job and actually know the job, they got work for life because people are like, damn, you're Captain Lee from the show. You did actually well. You know what I mean? So it depends on who you were on the show. If you were some idiot you know, or just, you know, you acted like Chris Brown, for instance, on there. You know, he was just, he wasn't a yachty. He wasn't ready to be a yachty. He, you know, didn't give a shit about what people thought of him. And no one's going to hire that kind of attitude, right? And he's going to be forever looking like like a guy that I wouldn't want on my boat. You know what I mean? So it depends on how you play it. Uh, but it is risky for sure. And uh, I think a lot of the industry folk who talk about it are probably just pissed that they're not on the show. You know what I mean? Oh, probably. I'd never do something like that. It's like, yeah, you applied two
1: years ago and never got on, right? Right. But that's the general. It's career suicide. But right, I would agree. A lot of people are probably just jealous.
0: That's what I think.
1: What about? Do you know Captain Sandy?
0: I don't actually. I've never seen her in you know, I think she's American, right? But I've never seen her in Lauderdale at any of the parties or anything prior. And you'd think me being in the industry for almost 10 years now, that I would have crossed path with her at one party, one yachty party or one event, right? Like before the show even happened, because a a female captain draws attention. Like, you know, I've met a lot of them and uh, there's not too many. And so, no, it's just so strange that, but then again, she could have been on the med side, you know, the Mediterranean side. So maybe that's why. I only did one season in the med, so.
1: What about Hannah
0: Ferrier? Well, me and Hannah are actually button heads a little bit. How because, so? Uh, well, I never really met her, but she is literally word for word copied my Yacht University course and made it kind of her own. And it's like, wait, hold on a second here. Wait a second. This is, this you know, this is Yacht University. Now it's some other similar kind of name. And, yes, you've got huge fame from this show. but
1: right. Look, is mine
0: in the same kind of layout. And, like, whoa, hopefully she didn't buy my uh, course and then just copy all that stuff because it's copyrighted, right? So, where I kind of told her that and she just got all defensive and was like, Oh, you, I don't deal with this kind of stuff. You got to talk to my lawyer and all this stuff. And it's like, Whoa, I just, all I asked was, Hey, maybe we could come together. You know, maybe we could make, make a camaraderie for this thing. You know, like I, I, your, are stew side, I've always been known as the top dog bosun, first mate, you know, I, I know how to handle the deck side. Why not come together? Why why be kind of selfish like that? And uh, you know, I I have proof that I had this thing for like ten years or eight years. Sorry, so it uh, it's just kind of like whoa, she got seriously freaking defensive,
1: right? Because her and Anastasia Sarmava from Below Deck Med, right? They started the course over the summer, and what it looks just like yours.
0: I don't know. Have a peek, you know. Like, and you know, it's funny because over the course of the eight years, I've had over three different women try to copy the course for me. Mostly friends of mine. That you know, they all of a sudden they stop talking to me, and they're like, "Wait a second, now you got something similar to this." So it's not the first time I've dealt with people trying to copy it, and uh, so it's just kind of funny. And I can see the need for her to want to do it. It's an extra income, right?
1: It kind of get something out there but it's just how do you deal with that you know so what'd you do you like direct messaged her on instagram and said this looks like my course pretty much like she had the same exact photo from my
0: course in one of her ads like same photo like literally plugged it put it on hers i'm like look at your site and then look at what you just put here and it's just like uh okay
1: and when 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 you reached out to her and said this, she went crazy and said, talk to my lawyer.
0: Pretty much. She just went ballistic, you know. Whoa, man, I'm falling down. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to just, you know, work with you, not against you here. And she just wasn't having it.
1: Wow. So are you gonna do anything about it or just you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of direction I could go with it, but I think,
0: you know, hers has probably got a little bit of traction, but it probably isn't as much as you think, and I've had quite a few users and students over the years, so as long as she's not, like, copying it word for word and going through it, she can stay in her own lane. I got mine. Plenty of people have tried to copy it, and they all fall out eventually. So I'm not too worried, but it is kind
1: of soft when Hannah, of all people, does it, right? Do you think you have like a leg up on your course because you're like outside, like exterior versus interior?
0: Well, I've had the interior side done. So I've I've had stewardesses help me with the interior side of showing people how to do that. So I have both sides. But Mm -hmm. I think... Basically the difference between me and her is that she's using her fame to kind of get people to buy this thing. Whereas I'm using years and years of actual real stuff. Like you can't fake the real, the, the, the nitty gritty of this stuff. Like this isn't just, I came up with this thing over a summer. Like this has been compiled over eight years of constant videos and constant stuff. You can't just make that stuff up over a summer time. So she might have a little bit more notoriety to draw some attention to it. But I think they will get way more value out of doing mine, because she won't, you know, you can't even talk to her without a lawyer. You come onto mine. You're going to, you're going to talk to me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to link you up with people. I'm going to set you up with the school, with the crew house. I'm going to give you a personalized experience. Hers is, uh, you know, you paid. Thank you. Bye-bye for something she made over a summer.
1: You know, I haven't I
0: bought her thing. So I don't know what it looks like. But. So I think.
1: Well, and no, I was going to ask you, like, do people ever sign up for yours and they want real help with the real world? But then do they also say, hey, can you also help me get on Below Deck? How'd you do that?
0: It happened. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: it, it's happened a bit.
0: And a few Below Deck fans have definitely signed up for it. And I think quite a few people that, think it's below deck signed up for it when they take the course and they're like wait a second this is you know below deck seemed a lot more fun than what it actually entails and it kind of like stands some people back off you know like whoa okay and yes they you know they asked like what did you have to do but it's not a mystery of how to get on below deck like you know you can see their their posts out there we're looking to hire crew right listen you, know, you need to have this credential this credential and i'll definitely help point people in the right direction but the below deck getting on it it's such a myriad of of heads uh, you know thinking of who the best person is that you're really hit or miss
1: right do you watch any of the below deck since you've left mediterranean or regular to be honest i haven't I That's just, okay. Uh, I don't know. Like,
0: I do it. You know, I do the real life below deck. So it's like I could watch it. And to be honest, it's all kind of the same thing. Like, yachting in general is almost a repeat of the same thing. Like, you take these guests out on a boat, you launch some tenders, you launch some jet skis, you put out a slide, you know, you set up a beach setup. You, uh, you know, you get them polluted drunk, they have a great time, you feed them fine food and then they're gone. It's kind of just this cycle of what happens and there's different things that happen. And, but it, it's the same, it's the same thing over and over with this person screwing that person, or this person said that about that, or he crashed in the boat. So it's all, I could watch one season and see them all in my eyes. So in
1: that sense, Below Deck But I would like to see the newest one. Well, last season, Mediterranean was great. There was a lot of drama with, like, Malia and Hannah, and Hannah had prescription drugs, and she got fired. I don't know if you heard about any of this.
0: No, I haven't, actually, no.
1: That was last season. But this season with Captain Lee is... The first episode is one of like, at least on Below Deck, to me, one of the most disastrous charters in history. Captain Lee was late. There's just, this is a good season. This is, the current season's a good one.
0: Well, I, uh, I want to see this one. I've seen a few snippets from Lee's posts and stuff like that. And it just, it looks like one of those ones I want to catch because they had to cut the season a little short due to COVID. Right. So uh, you guys don't know that yet, but uh, I know from speaking with the producers and stuff like that, that uh, the season was cut a little short. So I don't know how that's going to play into it, but I want to see how that plays in, you know, and, uh, and just the fact that the Eddie guy is back, it's kind of interesting, a uh, little flavor to it. it. It just seems like a more of a unique one. Whereas all the rest kind of just followed a little bit of a trend,
1: and Kate is not there, so it's the first time we have a new Chiefs too.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like it's just it's a different one. Like it's it's not the same. And it's funny because uh, you know who knows what the, the next season's going to bring? Because I've heard some talk of potentially a new captain, and you know it's it's kind of like there's a lot of things up in the air next one, especially with COVID and all this stuff. So
1: This might be delayed. I mean, I, I don't know if they could start filming, right? Like, they're filming the shows on land, like The Housewives and everything. But I don't know how they could film. Like, can they film below deck in COVID?
0: Well, you know... our charters going I don't out? want to give too many little snippets here. Okay. But there's there's two sides of a, a Yachty's life. And the one side is you're working on the yacht you're on charter there's actually three sides the other side is you're in the shipyard doing the shipyard period where you get a crew house and you're given basically this whole house usually in florida with a pool in the back and hot tub and you know shit gets a little crazy on land because now it's actually kind of funner because you're, you're so busy in charter that now you actually get a nine to five kind of job and you can actually start living life, you know, on your own terms in a sense, like weekends off and whatnot. And so I don't know, but I have a hinting suspicion. They may be capturing a little bit of that
1: side. So what is it? It's like, so it's, yachties like what are they doing in the house they're all just living together in Florida waiting for their next charter that's like in the real world well
0: as with anything boating it requires huge maintenance so come you know it's usually around May they go into their shipyard period they'll do the whole winter season November to May charter 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 and then the boat needs you know the props repaired, it needs uh, new lines, it needs new chafe gear, it needs bottom paint, it needs polishing, it needs the teak sanded down, it needs the windows restored, it needs the cocking seams filled up, it needs the interior. Maybe the owner wants to change the interior, or uh, you know, maybe the stews accidentally stripped all the gold finish off the sinks, or who knows? There, there's a, There's always something to be redone, and so it's once the charter season's done, it's Balls to the wall, two months of like nine mm. to five sanding down the bottoms and do you know, doing whatever, taking off all the stainless steel pieces on the boat and sending them out to get redone, or taking all the anchor chain down and repainting little spots on it mm. so you can see where, you know, when you're dropping it, the different intervals, right? So there's all this little stuff. And then when the day's done at four o'clock, the crew are same crew, but now they're in Fort Lauderdale, running around going to the beach and hanging out with different people, going to the crazy bars and stuff
1: right and they hire exterior and interior people for this, like for this these repairs Well, the boat
0: you're hired on for a year like okay you'll do four months of charter, two months of yard period, four months of charter up in New England or Mediterranean, or maybe you stay in Florida because there's a huge refit, and then you're back down maybe you'll get you know there's surveys there's all sorts of stuff that has to happen on these boats right it's not just like oh it's just charter forever like so the crew are hired to fix the stuff you know so you're on for a whole year
1: and what makes you think that this now i think this is a brilliant idea i think you might be onto something here but what makes you think that this could be where the how below deck will keep going on while we're not able to charter a boat during covid
0: well it only makes sense right it it's what what else are the crew doing? the, the boats are sitting uh, limited crew on the dock or in covid times crew houses are still booked up right uh, you know there's there's uh a whole other life going on out there, and how more interesting would it be to show that side of things you know
1: I think that would be. Very interesting, because I don't think I mean you can't show them at sea during covid
0: maybe maybe they do like little uh day trips around Florida, or who knows maybe there is some way I think Bahamas is locked down like there's a lot of lot of things that are preventing them, but they can probably still make use of it, but I think it's you know they're showing the life below deck mm-hmm. which is. I like it of what's going on here. So don't be surprised if you see something like that come next season.
1: Okay. Well, I'm going to mark this down right now that I heard it here first. Cause I think that's a brilliant idea. I mean, you would be quarantined and you would be COVID tested and that's a whole part of the industry. I, I never knew this industry. I never knew that was a part of the industry personally. That's and, where all the
0: crazy stuff happens. Right. You know, that's where the Yachty parties are. Like the biggest Yachty parties of the year are during the off season in the shipyard period. And what a great... Huge parties. Wow. They buy all of downtown Fort Lauderdale with 10,000 yachty. They buy a whole theater. You know, they got it's all free booze, all free food for 10,000 people. Can you imagine the live... Uh, it's, it's be, it's out of control. Like it's, it's unbelievable.
1: Now that would be, it's a way to way. Bre- it's a way to keep the franchise going and to breathe a new life into it too. So, and you know, they'll take captain Lee or Sandy and make them like the house mother or house father or something like that.
0: Oh, of course. That's why I think it's such a good little,
1: that's a good uh, idea. It up. Uh, listen, if this happens, I heard it here first. Let's just say I didn't come up with the idea. I I think you know more than you're letting on. Um, Now, I know you've never been on a yacht with Jay Z, but like, who have you had on yachts? Like, where you've just been like, holy shit, that's, you know, so and so from Hollywood, where you've just been starstruck.
0: Well, uh, let's just say one of the wildest times I ever had was with a guy named Dennis Rodman.
1: Okay, that's a good one.
0: That guy is fucking wild as can be. Uh, Miami Beach, Marina, that guy knows how to party. We've had, you know, that's the funny thing about yachting is everybody thinks it's the rich and famous that uh, are the famous, that charter these, that own these things. It's usually big businessmen that own these boats, right? It's not usually like Leonardo DiCaprio. He, he charters them, you know? It's the biggest lawyer in New York City that owns two of these things. It's right. Amazon founder. It's, you know, the Walmart family. It's the Publix family. It's, you know, the people that own uh, Goodyear Tire. Like, it's, it's those are the people that get to play with these things and own them. So uh, you get some oddball charters with uh, some famous people, of course. But it's like a week, you know, where they're on. It's not like uh, the owners who charter. Yeah. And so uh, basically... It's, you know, as far as real famous people, I don't know. I haven't had too, too many, to be honest. It's been mostly, like I say, just like wild business people. You know, people you just wouldn't even think of that exist. And it's like, whoa, like Russian billionaires.
1: And Dennis Rodman, you had him just as a wild animal.
0: Oh, God. Yeah. Like, and he liked me too. He was just like, E.J., you know, we went to the Miami Beach bar there, and he's like, Any girls in the bar you want to talk to, I'll swing them. And so he goes and like grabs all these girls, and all of a sudden, I got all these girls around me, and he's buying me drinks, and shit's just getting out of control. I fell down the crew steps all the way to the crew mess, like slipped. I was so fucking hammered. I was like puking out of my brains. Oh,
1: it was nuts.
0: That guy's wild as can be.
1: Well, that's how I would picture a moment with Dennis Rodman to be.
0: Cigars smoking, holy shit.
1: That's
0: pretty wild.
1: Well, also like on these charters, which is not like on below deck, I imagine just in speaking to some of your other colleagues from the show, you know, these people have a ton of money that own these boats. Like anything goes, I would assume. Like drugs, women, men, whatever. Like, no one's going to say no to these people, right?
0: It depends. Uh, Sometimes the captain, because they hold such a, like, high-up ticket, they get a little, you know, captain no fun would be the word. And uh, so some captains will be really a strict program, and then some captains will be, you know, a pretty lax program. So, it really, the owner, it's up to him to choose what kind of captain he wants. You want a lax captain and potentially have the boat capsized in the middle of the ocean? Or do you want a real strict captain and you're feeling pretty safe and comfortable? Who are the guests? You know, if your boat's named Sin or Swim, you can probably imagine that that captain's probably going to be partying with you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So, what's... Right. But I mean, like, to your point, like, safety is the most important. It what What about, like, what's the craziest thing, like, a charter guest has ever, not on Below Deck, just in the world, has asked you, you know, like, some of these demands, I assume, are over the top.
0: Well, you know, there's been a lot. Um, it, most of it is just infidelity. You know, it's like the wife's taken off on the helicopter, and all of a sudden, a whole slew of girls are flown in or uh you know we had this russian billionaire on there one day and all of a sudden he's in his underwear in the galley like more vodka more vodka Need girls now and so like i gotta go wake the captain up to take the boat to this other town where there's more you know more potential for women like it's wow you know the horrors on the boat it's uh you know they called me the cocaine Nazi one night because I my job was literally to stop girls from going into the bathrooms two at a time because there's no reason why two girls should be going in the bathroom at the same time right so and just like having to like because you do the yachting part but you also have to be kind of a personal chauffeur in a lot of ways so you're taking the guests back in the tender and then I have to Drive like a big escalator or something to drop these people off or pick people up and do like little errands around town. But I'd say the craze, one of the craziest things I was ever had to do is we went to uh, Cuba and the captain was like getting me to carry goods across the border in suitcases that I didn't know what was in them. You know what I mean? So i was like, whoa, it's close. Yeah, I sure hope it's fucking close.
1: You know? wow there's shit like
0: there's shit like that that uh it's just you know it it gets wild
1: and do you ever say like this scares me like this is on me now if i'm carrying this shit across the border
0: kind of but i I think it's like anybody you know has been in that kind of scenario in the yachting. you don't know what you're carrying on these boats right You, you hope that it's completely safe and everything's up to snub all the rest of the crew have been on there for a while they seem to be all right with it but it's it's a gamble you take if this is the career you want to do like it, it isn't just fucking showing up to your cashier job right you know like this is a whole other fucking spectrum let me tell you right At any given moment you don't know who you might be having to meet or you know girls like wanting to take advantage of the bosun on the boat you know
1: do you find that a lot like where the staff is propositioned by the charter guests i mean i would assume you do
0: a a couple times for sure i can only imagine for the females you know yeah really nasty scenarios and the weirdest part is a lot of the time the females, like the yacht crew females, stimulate this because they're like, oh, I, I don't want to be crew anymore. I want to be a guest. You know? Understandable.
1: Could that happen? Like, you know, your crew at the end, but for this charter, a billionaire could say, you're no longer crew. Chiefs do take that off and just put on your regular clothes and for the week you're off and the captain has to just say, all right, why well, I have to find another Chiefs too."
0: Well. You'll probably be fired by the end of it and the owner will have his fun and you'll be forgotten, uh, unfortunately. But that's almost how it happens every time. The best is to get in and not get out. You know what I mean? If you're going to take off the uniform, you better be making sure that you're, you got a hot seat, you know, with the golden handcuffs that you're looking for because you probably won't have a job after doing that little three day
1: Right, seven
0: day sabbatical from work.
1: Right, like you better make sure you get off that boat and go back to the billionaire's house, and this is your new life.
0: Yeah, like that's you. You gotta, you gotta make sure that you got your ducks in a row because the crew are just like, what the fuck, you know? Like, even for instance, on this one boat, the owner's wife and family really liked me, so I was always taken to go take them and the kids to go swimming with the dolphins or whatever. And the crew just fucking lost it. How come he always gets to go? Why does he always get to go on the fun trips with the wife and the kids? And I'm just like,
1: they ask for me. Do you know any situations with either men or women where they've been told to take off the uniform, become a guest, and then they do go on with the billionaire, like a man or a woman? Like, do you know anyone... Situations where they just then went on to live this life for somewhat of a while
0: i've heard uh, a lot of crazy, wild scenarios like that, one in particular was this uh crew member was in I think it was Saint Thomas or something, and hillary or I uh, don't know who' was it uh what's her name Freaking the blonde uh Biv-Low-y girl what the hell's her name uh, She's an actress? Yeah. What's her name?
1: Where is she from? What does she do? God. Charlize Theron? Nicole Kidman?
0: Hillary. Hillary? Yeah, what the hell is her name? Anyways, you know her for sure.
1: Huh. And uh, Hillary Duff?
0: Not Hillary Duff. What the fuck? The only other
1: Hillary I can think of is Hillary Clinton.
0: No, no, no. It's not Hillary. It's... uh
1: fuck you've seen you you know her
0: it's like the blonde bimbo everyone knows her she's like she was on a show and then she did movies and stuff like this Ah,
1: that is such a vague description i know i
0: know why can't i remember it but anyways she was at a bar and she met one of these yacht crew girls and they're like oh yeah
1: paris hilton that's it oh okay Herself. Who's really absolutely brilliant as far as a businesswoman and just everything. But go on. Let so me hear this. She,
0: she convinces this one girl to uh, go party on the yacht
1: while the owner's
0: not on board, right? The boat was just sitting there in the This boat. is like
1: a staff person? Yeah. Like, okay.
0: Sure. And so she meets her at the barn. she's like, oh yeah, well, I'm just on a yacht here. And she's like, well, let's go party on it. And so Paris Hilton comes on with her entourage on a yacht that's not hers. And the crew girl's like popping champagne like it's her own on the top deck having the time of her life, gets busted, of course, and gets fired immediately, right? But what a wild night.
1: Where was this? Like what country?
0: I think it was in like St. Thomas or something like
1: that. So you got like the crew is just out? And then literally Paris Hilton is just in the bar and says, oh, you have a yacht? Let's go to the yacht. Exactly, yeah. Wow. Exactly. And the girl works on the yacht and says, I'm not going to say no to Paris Hilton.
0: Yeah. And she takes her on and just fucking lives it up like you wouldn't believe.
1: And you were part of this crew or you just heard about it? No, this
0: was just a story that I Oh, wow.
1: And then the girl is
0: fired. Fired immediately.
1: Wow. Interesting.
0: But what a night. Like, you probably won't forget that. But see, the thing is, is you get blacklisted. Once you like fucked up a lot like that, or you've done something big like that, the crew agents and stuff get the word out and all of a sudden you're not working.
1: I could see that. Before we wrap up, this is my final question. Do you think that below deck is good or bad for the auditing industry?
0: I think Below Deck is fantastic for the yachting industry. It uh, gives the idea to more of these charter clients to charter a boat. It gives you know, people who never even knew that was a job now the idea that maybe they could do this job and it gives people something to strive towards, right? You know, you know this, this is something available. Like like me, you know, I didn't know of this yachting. I want to sail on boats. Then all of a sudden, boom, Jay-Z, right? Wow, this is something. So below deck is like that on steroids, right? So I think it's great. And I think the only people that don't think it's great are just the bitter people that are worried about their job because they're not performing properly.
1: That's a good answer. Anything else you want to leave us with that I didn't bring up? I like to give people a chance at the end.
0: Well, uh, I just want to say that I'm very thankful for uh, for you, David, for being on uh, this podcast here with you today. And I want to say, uh, you know, I hope Below Deck keeps going on. I hope we can do this again sometime. And I you have to come back. I want to stimulate the world. Put it out there that they're going to do a Pacific Northwest yachting edition, and your boy, your boy is going to be
1: on it. Listen, I i don't think we've seen a lot. You, people come back to Below Deck all the time.
0: You better believe it, baby. So, you um, know.
1: No no one
0: knows the Pacific Northwest like this guy. So they come up. We're going to take them to, you know, Puget Sound, Dent Island. We got some insane scenery and yachting destinations here that are untouched. It's actually, like, where the the real privacy is. Like, we got lots, like. Where my hometown has yeah. a super yacht marina. It's the only place in Canada that has an actual super yacht marina. And uh, it, it has that five star class. And, like, you know, my hometown's named after the Queen, Queen Victoria. So we get a lot of uh, really high net worth individuals because we've got a lot of intense accommodations and stuff. So it's kind of the epicenter for that. And, like, I run this uh, yacht maintenance management company here and so we get yachts coming in all the time oh we need this done oh we need fancy rogers chocolates brought to the boat so i'm just hoping that from here on out maybe this stimulates below deck to go wait maybe we could do season up there and we who better to be our guide than mr ej jansen
1: we're gonna put it out into the universe do it david and in the meantime, where can people find you online? This course that you have, where can everyone find you on Instagram or for the course? Okay. So you can find me. My name's EJ
0: Jansen, of course, but my handle is E to the J on Instagram. And you, know, you want to get into yachting? You want to see what it's actually like? You want to learn from someone who can actually get you a job? Go to yachtuniversity.com. So easy, yachtuniversity.com.
1: You want to learn it? Learn it at your own pace. I was just going to say, that's about as easy as it is. YachtUniversity.com. And everyone needs to follow you online. I will keep in touch with you on Instagram. I appreciate you coming on and sharing all of this knowledge with us. All things below deck and the yachting industry. So, you know, you have proven just again, how nice Canadians are. David,
0: Hey, you know, I'm nice
1: to people that are nice. I'm generally nice. At least here on this podcast. I, I, I don't want
0: to get on your not nice side. All right, David?
1: Listen, I'm from New York. I, I have a dark side. But on uh, this podcast, I mean, you've taken your time. Like what more could one ask for? So I appreciate it. I will keep in touch with you on Instagram. Thank you so much for chatting and taking your time.
0: No worries, David.
1: You have a great afternoon. All right, you too. Take care. Bye, EJ. See you, David. Bye. Bye-bye.